Welcome back to Alcology. I hope everyone enjoyed the first episode and some great history. I never knew the creation of alcohol went so far back and how they even knew where to start and who the brave one was to drink it first. We left off on the creation of rum and we're heading into the 18th century. The dawn of the 18th century saw Parliament pass legislation designed to encourage the use of grain for distilling spirits. In 1865, consumption of gin had been just over one half million gallons. By 1714, gin production stood at two million gallons. In 1727, official production reached five million gallons. Six years later, the London area alone produced 11 million gallons of gin. London really liked their gin. Drunkenness was still an accepted part of life in the 18th century, but the 19th century would bring a change in attitudes. This was caused by increased industrialization and the need for a reliable and punctual workforce. Self-discipline was needed in place of self-expression, and task orientation had to replace relaxed conviviality. Drunkenness would come to be defined as a threat to industrial efficiency and growth. Sounds like to me they're just worried about a lot of people coming in hangovers. Seen it happen many times. Many problems were blamed on alcohol. People blamed problems such as urban crime, poverty and high infant mortality rates on alcohol. However, it's likely that gross overcrowding and unemployment have much to do with these problems. Over time, people blame more and more personal, social, and religious moral problems on alcohol. Preventing drunkenness was not enough. Any consumption of alcohol became unacceptable. Groups began promoting temperance, the moderate use of alcohol but they later became abolitionists. They then pressed for the complete and total prohibition of beverage alcohol. The biggest buzzkills ever. Unfortunately, this would not eliminate social problems, but would compound the situation by creating additional problems. I think we all know the type of problems that this caused, such as bootleggers, the speakeasies, everything such as that, which I'm a pretty big fan of the speakeasies uh i have some well we have one in my hometown that they made out of an old restaurant which is pretty neat um they found a basement in it and they converted it into a speakeasy you have to do the old-fashioned thing knock on the door they slide it open you have to say a certain code and everything such as that and they got it really decorated up in there when you go in there you totally transform back in time so um back to the prohibition um unfortunately uh let's see i'm sorry the founding director of the national institute of alcohol abuse and alcoholism studied the matter he said and this is a pretty awesome quote alcohol has existed longer than all human memory it has outlived generations nations and ages it is a part of us and that is, that is fortunate indeed. Although alcohol will always be the matter of some, for most of us it will continue to be the servant of man. 
that's some pretty interesting stuff right there uh so that's basically the like the brief overview of the history of where most of this began and how it just all originated which is pretty fascinating so this is like i said it's amazing how the history of alcohol has evolved into what it is now so with that being said what we've all been waiting for the first brand of alcohol and the first choice is evan williams evan williams was born in 1755 and died in 1810 he was an early kentucky whiskey distiller in jefferson county a native of wells Williams came to Kentucky around 1780. He settled in Wolfsville, which had been established two years earlier. In 1783, Williams built his distillery on the banks of the Ohio River. Distilling whiskey from corn on the east side of what is now Fifth Street, it is said to have been the first commercial distillery in Kentucky. Shipping barrels by flat boat down the Ohio River in 1801. His federal distilling license indicated that he owned three whiskey stills licensed at 141, 130, and 93 gallons. Williams also had several civic leadership positions, including serving as one of Wolfsville's seven elected city trustees. That's pretty impressive right there. According to legend, he would bring a bottle of whiskey to the Board of Trustee meetings. That is a meeting I would like to attend. In 1797, he was elected Wolfsville's first wharf master. Wolfsville, located at the falls of the Ohio River, was a major port for river traffic. Boats were unloaded above the falls and the freight carried over land was then reloaded on boats below the falls to be shipped to New Orleans. The Wolfsville Harbor was small and needed supervision to avoid overcrowding. As the wharf or harbor master, one of Williams' duties was to ensure that boats complied with regulations stipulating that all boats had to be unloaded and moved out of the harbor within 48 hours after arrival. He was also a master stonemason and builder who oversaw construction of the first jail and courthouse in Jefferson County. That's pretty interesting, considering he made a a whiskey that would basically sometimes land people in jail. So there's no telling who probably ended up in the jail that he built himself. Uh, William died on October 15, 1810, in Louisville. So as we look back, Evan is a is a pretty interesting man. I mean, just look at what he's done besides making whiskey and like as we get into more of the different types of whiskeys you'll see that a lot of these people i mean they did more than just you know create whiskey they were very important to uh society and the towns that they lived in so pretty neat uh so a few different types of evan williams there's evan williams apple orchard Evan Williams Black Label, that's one of my favorites. Evan Williams Cherry Reserve. Evan Williams Eggnog, uh, that one's 
it's not the best Evan Williams, but I mean, if you're an eggnog person, especially around Christmas time, wouldn't recommend it for <laughs> a warmth drink. Um, then there's Evan Williams Green, which is the green label. That's a pretty good one. Evan Williams Honey Reserve. I'd say that's one of my, my second favorites of, of Evan Williams. Pretty good. Evan Williams Peppermint Chocolate Eggnog. That one I've not had, but like I said, not big on the Evan Williams Eggnog, so that one I probably wouldn't wouldn't go for. And then the Evan Williams Single Barrel, which is, you know, the classic one, which is, this is a good one. I like the Evan Williams Single Barrel, too. Um, so as we see, as we just now got into the first uh, whiskey, it's super, super interesting. And as we're getting more of these, I mean, there's so much, it's crazy. Uh, some of the ones that I've, I've found, I've never even heard of. I mean, this is going to blow your mind. So, I know this was a, a shorter episode, uh, but next time I will have more. This is kind of like a uh, what to expect kind of thing. So, I'm hoping that this will grab your interest. And like I said, and... Like one of the descriptions, you know, this is something that will educate you and hopefully educate your friends as well. I mean, hey, go to a bar, really impress somebody. Like, hey, I know exactly what that is. I know what goes into the, the making of this. I know what to do with this. Well, not necessarily what to do with it, but, you know, how the making process is and everything such as that. And I know um, with this first one, I didn't really um, go into the making process of it, but um, and some of the other ones. I will, and and some of these, like, I mean, the stillers that I've been to um, are pretty neat, so I got to see the making process, and I will even, and some of these, I will tell you where most of the distillers are and where you can go to even tour these. It's uh, definitely a neat thing to do if you've never done it before. So, on our next episode, we're going to talk about Mr. Jim Bean and his great whiskey. Um, he has a pretty interesting, um, history about how he came about making, making his whiskey. So, um, and then I will add some other ones in there, but those will be kind of like surprise ones, um, kind of different ones, not, you know, your regular ones you ever see, you see regularly, um, every day. Some of these might even be overseas that America doesn't even have right now. So that's just what's great about all this. It's crazy the masterminds that are behind all this and how just impressive it is that somebody even thought about something like this. So thank you for listening to another episode about ecology. Until next time, cheers everyone. Thank you.